Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to I turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 3. I love Genesis. Genesis is a, it's a good book. It's about beginnings, beginnings of, of human society. And this particular story, you're probably familiar with it, two brothers, Cain and Abel, I want to talk about that this morning, but before, before we get into that, let's go ahead and read Genesis 3, 2 through 8. It says, Now Abel was a keeper of, of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was angry, and he fell on his face. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. See, this is how you know that God, he doesn't care about participation trophies, right? You don't just get to show up. You have to, you have to perform, right? You have to earn a job well done. Verse 8, Cain spoke to his brother Abel. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. Amen. I've titled today's message, There's Another Way. Can you say that with me this morning? There's another way. There's, there's another way around your shortcomings. There's another way around your failures. There's, a, there's another way uh, to, to get through the, the hatred or the anger, or the bitterness that permeates your situation. There's a better way than your way. And this story, you know, I, I read it, it kind of seems like a, like a morbid child story, right? You got two brothers and each, they're trying to impress their dad. And, and, and so they're, they're, bringing, they're bringing their offerings to their, to their father. And, and the father has regard for one of the offerings and not, not the other. He has favor over one and not the other. And it's not that God loved one over the other. It's that he saw one's diligence, one's hard work, one's effort, and he favored that over the other. And so the older brother goes and he throws a fit, right? And, and he's upset. He's like, well, why don't you like what I'm bringing to the table? And God says simply, look, if you do better, if you just do a good job, there's not going to be an issue. Now, keep in mind, Cain and Abel, they're, they're most likely grown men, right? So they shouldn't be so sensitive, um, maybe as, as our kids are. Our kids really don't have, uh, little kids don't really have a concept of excellence, right? It's just like, hey, I'm going to give you what I got and, and you better like it. If you don't like it, I'm going to cry. Right. I remember my mom, every time she would come home from work, I would have like a new song for her that I would write. And and she was so impressed by it. And she was like, wow, that, that should be on the radio. Like, I, I love it. Right. She was exaggerating because I remember some of those songs. And they're garbage. It should not be on the radio. It should be thrown away. My dad, my dad was a little bit more honest with me, especially, you know, even even now when I grew up, my dad would just tell me how it how it is, even to this day. Um, a few, a few weeks ago, I was telling my dad, I was sitting in the car with him, we were driving and I was like, man, I, I, I was telling him about this new program that I started in the gym. I was like, dad, I need to, I need to get back in shape, man. I need to start eating better. I need to, I need to start going back to the gym because I'm, I'm starting to gain a lot of weight. And he just raised his eyebrows. He's like, yep. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't even asking you, man. See in the church, we need to harness this idea of excellence can I get an amen to that? Because if God demands excellence from us, then we should demand excellence from ourselves and others. And I'm not talking about 
excellence, I'm not, when I say excellence, I don't mean be, being better than the person next to you. I'm not, I'm not talking about being better than, than everyone else. I'm talking about bringing your absolute best. So when you're in a situation and you're going to bring something to God, you, you've prepared for it. You've studied for it. You, you, you prayed about it. You took some time and you trained and you rehearsed. That's excellence. Because the moment we stop demanding excellence from others is the moment that we begin to invite this culture of laziness and, and, and disregard and even disrespect for the things that God has called us to. And it's not that God doesn't think that you're not good enough. It's that he knows that you're better than what we bring them sometimes. And so we tell Cain, what's the problem? If you just do better, like I know that you can, like I created you to, everything's going to be fine. What does he do? Does he improve himself? Does he go back to the drawing board? Does he go back to the field and, and look at what he's got and say, okay, what can I do to bring my absolute best to my heavenly father? What can I do to be better? No, he doesn't do any of that. He throws a fit and he goes out and he kills his brother because his brother was the one that was making him look bad. When there's, this, when there's someone else in, in your life that's making you look bad, it's really tempting to destroy everything about that person. I remember, man, I, I remember being so excited one year in, in school. I did the science project and I was like, I was really impressed by it. And I went in there and everyone was like, man, that's, that's really cool. Like you're, you're going to get first prize. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Thanks. And I get into the classroom and I see one that's better than mine. And I had every urge to just go and like, just not accidentally knock it off the table. When someone is making you look bad, it's very tempting to get rid of that person. Because if you do that, well, then you don't look as bad. And so, church, in your life, you're going to find your own version of Cain's. you got to know that. And you're going to be doing you. You're going to be minding your business. You're going to be doing the, the best that you possibly can. And then they're going to attack you. And you're going to look at your situation. You're, you're going to be like, what? Why, are you, why are you coming at me? I don't have any beef with you. Like, I don't even know you. I don't even talk to you. But it's because you're making them look bad. You're bringing in more money than they are at the office. You've got the, you've got the better ideas. People like you because you take the time to listen to people and hear them out and respect people. And you're making other people look bad. Cain is going to come into your life and he's going to try to destroy everything that you excel at. You just got to, you got to be aware of that. I think we can also reason that, that Satan is, he's kind of his own version of Cain, right? Because he looks at you as a child of God and he hates everything about you, everything, and so he's coming after every calling, every purpose, every mission, every ambition, every dream that God has, has, has brought in your life and everything that you want to bring to God, he's going to try to stop it. Because he knows that at one point, when he was in the presence of God, he brought God disappointment. He brought God rebellion. And he was casted out of heaven. And so Satan is trying to, he, he's trying to destroy everything that we excel at. Because he also doesn't want us in the presence of God. Look out for the canes in your life, church. But also, listen to this one. Also, don't be careful that you yourself don't become Cain. Can I preach for a little bit? Just a little bit. I want to talk to, the, to my brothers, sisters in Christ. I want to talk about the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, in, in church, for every able, there is also a Cain. That's in the kingdom of God. That's brother versus brother, sister versus sister. We're all, we're all worshiping the same God, but it's like, it's like some of us do it like at different percentage levels, 
right? Some, some, some bring God 10% and that's all they give them. Some bring God 14%, which is one seventh, maybe one seventh out of the week you bring to God. Uh, other, others might give them 25%, 50, hundred percent. And God looks upon his people and he's, he's looking at who gives him the best and those he shows favor for. If you recall Jesus, when he saw the, the poor widow giving everything that she had, he told his disciples, truly, I tell you, this poor woman, woman has put in more than, than all these other wealthy men because they gave out of their wealth. They gave out of their riches, out of what they had. But she, she gave out of what she did not have. And so we'll have people that are giving everything that they have to God, the best of what they have. And I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think about your life and I want you to think about everything that you have in it. And I want you to think about giving everything that you have for God. Because there's this natural misunderstanding that I think takes, takes place when, when people say, hey, give, your God, give God your best. We're not talking about one single aspect of your life. We're, we're talking about all aspects, okay? Go with me for a second. We're not saying that the person that does ministry is giving more to God than the person that does not do ministry. We're not, we're not saying that the person that comes to church every time there's church service is giving more to God than the person that can only come maybe once a week or, or, or twice a month. See, church or ministry, that's only one aspect of life. What about everything else? What about, what about your home life? Are you giving God your best at home and your family? Are you giving God your best at, at work, at school, at your social gatherings? Those are other aspects in your life. Are you giving God your best? I can come here every Sunday morning with the word, with the prepared word, anointed, spirit-filled. I can prepare for it all week and give God 100% up here and give him nothing out there. And I'm not giving God my best. God doesn't just want your best in one area. He wants it in all areas. I want you to listen to this because this is kind of where we make excuses. He doesn't just want your best at what you're good at naturally. He also wants your best at what you're not that good at. You got that? I'm going to say it again. Because this is our excuse. Oh, I'm not that, I'm not that good, so I'm not even going to try. No, no. God, he doesn't want just your best at what, you, what naturally comes to you. That's, that's just talent. God wants your best at the things that you struggle with. That's where God finds your best. I want you to imagine this for a moment. Jesus is coming over to your house for dinner. You got, Jesus, you got dinner plans with Jesus. Some of you guys be, be nervous, right? I, man, I'd be nervous. I'll take the TV out or I'll put it on like, like veggie tails or something. <laughs> this is, this is Jesus. This is, this is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the most high priest, the one that gave everything that he had to give for you. And so you just want to give him a good meal. You want to show him some gratitude and you can, yeah, you can call that fancy restaurant by your house, but that's not really the Jesus way, right? Like, I mean, that, that's, that's not even giving your best. That's paying someone else to do their best. And so you want to give something to Jesus because he's coming over and you want to cook for him, but you don't know how to cook. I can just, amen. I got one amen from Tita over here. <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine Melissa freaking out, man. <laughs> because, you know, she, she, she'd, she'd be like, man, Jesus is coming over. I, I don't know what to cook. She'd be pulling her hair out and She'd, she'd, be, she'd be scared to death because she wants to give him something. And she says she can't cook. But she, she lies. She can, she can cook. But I imagine Jesus coming over to visit Melissa and she, she's freaking out, but she's not going to say, you know what, I'll just whip up some PB&Js. 
She's not going to say, I'll just call up Domino's. Jesus can have some, you know, pizza and wings. Uh, she's going to go online. She's going to find that perfect recipe. She's going to go to the store. She's going to get all the ingredients. She's going to come. She's going to spend hours in the kitchen so that she can give the, pot, the best that she could possibly give. Even if it's not her best. I'm sorry. Even if it's not the best. <laughs> it is the best though, babe. But that, that's what God is looking for, church. That's what excellence is. Where, where even in your weaknesses, you bring the most strength that you can find out of those weaknesses. Don't count it all as weakness because there's something there. There's 100% of your best even in that weakness. But we settle for, hey, this, this is not, I'm not good at this. I'm just not even going to try. Now, I, I would say that it is often a waste of time to spend a lot of time on what you're not naturally good at. You know, focus on what you're good at. But when it comes to giving to God, give him the best of what comes natural and what doesn't. The other day I was, I was, I was listening to a podcast. I listened to this podcast. It's, it's between an atheist and a, and, and a Christian. And, and he brought up this, the, the atheist brought up this narrative, kind of criticize, uh, criticizing God. Um, because a lot of skeptics, they, they criticize this narrative. And they say, well, Cain worked the ground while Abel, he was a shepherd. So naturally he had the better offering to choose from. He could go to the, to the, you know, his, his, his fattest uh, animal, well-fed, well-portioned, and he can bring it to God as an offering, and that's going to be pleasing to God. But Cain, I mean, he just had fruits and veggies to work with. That's all he had. And then God gets mad at Cain because he doesn't bring him a good offering. Well, he should have put him to work somewhere else. But if that was the case, I always go back to Jesus, man. Jesus is my boy. If that were the case, why did Jesus commend the poor widow when by human standards, the, wealth, the wealthy had much more to give? They had much more to give. She had nothing. Why was he not disappointed with the widow because she didn't bring the better offering? Think about it. I mean, if you're someone like me trying to raise money for, for the GO movement, which we're always doing, by the way, throw that out there if you feel compelled to give. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, if someone like me, I'm trying to go to the, to the people that, that have something to give. I'm, I'm trying, I'm not trying to, you know, to, to approach the poor people to get money from them to then give to the poor. No, I'm, I want to talk to the wealthy people. But the, the, the difference is when you're giving to an organization like this, you're giving to a charity. God is in a charity. God is in a charity. There, there's nothing that you can give to God that's going to impress him. There's nothing that you can bring to God that he, he can't get on his own, that he doesn't already have. There is nothing unique about what you do and how well you do it that God hasn't seen before. So it's not a matter of how much you bring to God. It's not a matter of the, of the intrinsic value of what it's worth. It's a matter of how much time it took you to get it to then turn around and give it to God. That's what it's about. It's a matter of how much time it took, how much effort was put into it, how much preparation, how much, how much sweat, blood, and tears that it took you to acquire it, to then turn around and say, God, this is my best here. Even though it's not the best, it's my best. If Cain would have just given the best of what he had, everything would have been fine. But what does he do? Falls on his face. 
He gets angry. He gets jealous. And instead of fixing his own problem, he, he creates another problem. That's why we got to be so careful when we get angry, man. Amen. So careful. That's why Paul says it to the Ephesians. In your anger, do not sin. He doesn't say, don't get angry. He says, do not sin in your anger. Because Paul knows the emotional responses that are taken as a result of being angry. We lash out against people, even when we're angry at ourselves. If you think back at King Saul, he became jealous. He, he became angry at, at David. But he was really upset at himself because he wasn't doing the best that he possibly could. He wasn't living up to the role of a king. He wasn't fulfilling his, his duties as, as the king of the nation of Israel. But David was. And so he gets jealous and he gets angry. What does he do? He tries to kill David instead of fixing his own problem. We've got this spirit of, of Cain in the body of Christ, man, and it's got to go. It's not in this church. I'm just preaching for, for, for Facebook Live. But we've got this spirit of Cain. We've got brother tearing down brother, man. Sisters tearing down sisters. It's like we, it's like we create a competition of who can be the better Christian. And so when someone in the church volunteers and they say, hey, pastor, I'll do it. Everyone else in the church is looking at her and be like, man, who does she think she is? She's always doing something. She always wants to be the one, has her hands on everything. He always wants to teach the class. He always wants to be in charge of, of everything. And maybe the problem isn't where you think the problem is. Maybe the problem is yourself. Maybe they're just trying to give their best to God while you're over there trying to fantasize about their demise. But what if I told you there was another way? There was another way. You don't have to get it, give in to your own sin. You don't have to give in to your anger and to your bitterness. There's another way. What if I told you that instead of focusing on them, you can focus just on yourself? How can I improve? How can I bring my best? How can I complement what my brother or sister in Christ are doing? See, God offers a solution. He offers the alternative to what Cain ultimately chose. I want, chose, I want to read it one more time. Verse 6, 7 says, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? If you just do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. If you do well, think, think about this. If you just do better, if you take your offerings to God seriously, You'll be accepted. That's it. But he says, if you don't, if you neglect excellence and you invite laziness and you refuse to bring your best, well, then sin is coming for you. Because naturally what's going to result is anger and, and bitterness. Because you're not going to be concerned with bringing your best to God. You're just going to be concerned with the people that are bringing their best. That's the spirit of Cain, man. And it exists in the church and it's got to go. All you have to do is bring God your best. You're still with me, right? But remember, remember, all aspects. When you're driving, are you glorifying God with the way you drive? When you're in traffic, road rage, is that, glor is that glorifying God? Every aspect. So that means in my work life, I'm not going to work in vain. 
It means I'm, I'm going to glorify God with my paycheck. I'm not going to be disrespectful to my coworkers. I'm not going to have a poor attitude with my boss. It means in my education, I'm going to study so that one day I can graduate and, and, and get a career that glorifies God. It means in my family life, I'm going to honor my spouse. I'm going to love my children. I'm going to raise them in the ways of the Lord. It means in my body, I'm going to recognize that it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take care of it. At my church, I'm going to serve wherever I need to. In my finances, I'm not going to make stupid financial decisions so that I can give to the kingdom of God in my dress code. Come on, ladies. In my dress code, I am not going to dress in a way that is going to make my brother in Christ stumble. All aspects. You can think about something else. God convicted me this morning. I was driving over here. I looked at my sticker on my truck and it was expired. And I was like, how am I going to bring this sermon? I can't even glorify God with my, my registration sticker. All aspects. All aspects. you got to think about everything. It's not just in, in the areas that you're good at. That's going to come naturally. You're going to give your best because you, you might be the best. But what about in the areas that you suck at? What about those areas? God wants your absolute best. And even when it's not the best, you know what? None of us can bring something to God that is truly the best. He's not going to look at it and say, wow, this is, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. No, he's not. Because even on my best day, the Bible says, man, we are like filthy rags. But his grace covers us. And he shows favor to us when he looks at our heart and he says, you know what? You're giving everything that you have. You're, you're, you're diligent. You're working. You, you, I see your effort. I see your heart. I will accept that as offering. I'm going to invite us to stand this morning. I'm just going to ask that you just bow your head this morning and just reflect on this word. You know every aspect of your life. And ask yourself this morning, man, am I giving God my best? Am I giving God everything that I can give him or am I just giving him scraps? God, we want to please you, my God, because you gave everything that you had to give to us. And we want to glorify you, my God, not, not with just what we're good at, my God, not with just our careers, my God, or, or our ministries, my God, but with our life, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Look upon us with favor this morning, my God. If you're, this, if you're here this morning, I'm going to ask that you, your heads remain bowed, eyes closed this morning, just as we do this every, every Sunday morning. I'm going to ask if there's anyone here this morning that, that does not have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you don't know him very well. But you want to get to know him and you want to commit your life to him and you want to say, God, I want to offer my life to you because I know that you did it for me. There's no one looking around. This is just you and God. It's just a moment between you and your heavenly father. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask that you, you lift up your hand. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for this word. We thank you, my God, because your word, Father God, it, it penetrates the soul, my God, when we receive it, Father, because it is truth, Lord. It is the absolute truth, my God. And this word, my God, that was preached this morning, Father God, it wasn't my words. It was your word, and we believe that it is true, Father. 
And we want to present to you, my God, when we leave here this morning, my God, we want to present you the best. We want to be the best that we can be for you, my God. We are the bride of Christ. And the bride prepares for her groom. The bride spends hours getting her hair done, getting her makeup on to bring her best. And my God, as your bride, Jesus, we want to give you our best. Accept us this morning, my God. We glorify your name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.